0: Hello everybody and welcome back to talking about birds, the only cardinal podcast grumpier than Chip Carey looking at a sheet of sabermetrics. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger and I am joined as always by my co-host Ben Samorka. Uh hi everybody. <laughs> High energy this week, thanks Ben. <laughs> this week. I was
1: thinking should I do should I do a quote from his granddad, should I just say hi? But I just said hi. so yeah. You win for the most boring
0: option. Good radio. <laughs> All right. And this week, we are going to be talking about Scott Rowland. We're going to talk about Chip Carey and his new role. We're going to dig into the Zips projections, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Big week, Ben. Big wow. week. There's snow on the ground here in St. Louis. I love uh, the weather talk. I know. I thought we, we, we've really had um, a lot of success just jumping into weather right out of the gate. So I thought I'd keep that going. Um, no, I've got breaking news to talk to you about. We we've talked about. We we've mentioned it a little bit on the show um over the past few weeks and Molly and I we took the plunge. We went and we saw a movie at Alamo Draft House, which just recently opened up here in St. Louis. Took the plunge. Um, yeah, I know. It's a big deal going out there. Yeah. Ha- seeing a movie.
1: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you um, do it.
0: Well, let me tell you how I do it. So, it was actually pretty funny. It's at the new uh, like foundry area, which has a big parking garage. And we didn't really know exactly where we were going. So we parked in the parking garage, got out of our cars, went one direction, proceeded to walk for like 15 minutes uh, trying to find the movie theater. And we found it. And then later that night when we left the movie theater, we realized that we parked literally as close as you possibly could to the theater. We just went out the wrong door uh so Dumb-assed. that was that was a funny revelation but um i know you're a big fan of this theater there's been one in denver for a little while now yeah
1: yeah we got a couple of them um yeah i'm I'm a freak for it uh wow well really it's like it's it's where the movie nerds go right which is good the food yeah. is good the beers are good but what i really like about it is that they do like I, you know i was talking about seeing that uh uh, Mulholland Drive like they do those old showings for discounted prices they have a full bar what's not to like yeah
0: yeah and uh, hey you know we're not uh, we're not sponsored by Alamo Drafthouse but hey but if you're out there listening uh, Mr. Drafthouse um, um, it's not Mr. Alamo <laughs> no that's his first name <laughs> Oh,
1: what a talking convenient about, situation for yeah. him
0: talking about birds is for sale um, yeah. yeah so I'll just take a movie um, ticket. I'm not. I don't need much. The thing that really I liked the most there was the bottomless popcorn, <laughs> and that's not a new thing at movie theaters, of course. But there's a couple things that made it stand out to me. Because um, you know, you and I, I remember we'd get the the Ben and I way back in the day. We only did this a handful of times, but it was always fun. We'd go and see like three or four movies in a single day. And get that giant tub of refillable popcorn and oh, yeah. fill it up. Fill it up in between movies, um, but here, first of all, they bring you the popcorn in a big bowl. Oh, which, forget about it. Which
1: it's a big metal bowl. I love a big bowl.
0: I mean, come on, it's eating popcorn. I want it in a bowl, and it. I like it for a couple reasons. One, just cuts down on trash. You know, there's just that's way more sustainable. Just giving people a big bowl, and then two. Uh, you don't get all the sound of like a hundred people crunching into their popcorn bags, like you know. Hey, uh, it's a silent bowl. Forget silent about bowl. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, though, if you drop that thing, it's gonna clang. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Fortunately, I avo- I avoided
0: dropping it. Um, well, the clumsiest the
1: key- man I know, but yeah, good for you.
0: I'm in complete control of my body at all times. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The thing that really stuck out to me, though, the thing that made it pop is that they'll come and refill it for you. Yeah, that shit is fire right there. That's the problem with bottomless at anything in a movie theater is I don't want to leave. I'm here to see the the movie, so I don't want to leave, but they'll come and refill it for you. Um, It was nice. I also had pork fried ravioli they call them toasted ravioli but you know they're definitely like deep fried yeah uh, which was good um and in like a hatch green chili sauce which i guess is their thing yeah uh yeah, they, yeah it was they, all they over the menu team. so funny
1: that that's like the saint louis thing and the the denver thing it's it's like a, a buffalo chicken wrap
0: like with avocado <laughs> you yeah. guys get deep fried ravioli and we uh, are better uh, that
1: is what i was trying to say <laughs>
0: Uh, So, yeah, it was good. It was a it was a fun experience. Um, Definitely preferred over like pretty much every Molly and I were both like, yeah, this is probably we're just where we're going to go see theaters yeah. or see movies now they Had a bunch of French posters for other for old movies all over the wall, which was cool. Yeah. So, it is cool. Yeah, Uh, I and I got to eat popcorn for like an hour and a half straight, which is truly all I ever really want to do. Yeah. Um, so it was nice. That's, that is why God invented movies god did invent movies all right uh we got we got a lot to talk about this week some major things have happened but first and foremost we got to congratulate scott roland right like what a ooh, 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 what ooh. a uh you know should have been first ballot we all know that yeah. but the 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 baseball writers process for getting people into the hall of fame is an absolute mess and kind of a disgrace but Whatever Scott Rollins yeah. in so that's a topic for a whole other period. But um, really excited. I'm yeah, obviously well deserved.
1: Yeah, yeah. To be a, a stick in the mud, really quick. I do think that if you submit a blank ballot, not if you don't, if you refuse to submit a ballot, I'm okay with that. But if you submit a blank ballot, which then takes away from everybody's percentages because oh, okay. it adds to the voting pool, I think that you should lose your right to vote for the Hall of Fame. It's yeah. completely stupid. That we have to worry about idiots. There's some idiot writer from Philadelphia that only voted for Jimmy Rollins. Um, yeah. It's like, how are you looking at these numbers? How are you qualifying this? You are, you are clearly unqualified or not thinking about this or taking it seriously. Um, but I don't want to complain about that. I do just want to talk about like Scott Rowland, I, you know, however you slice it, he is a top 10 third baseman of all time. Um, he is a World Series champion with the Cardinals. He is part of one of the best trades I think the Cardinals have made in the past, like fifty or so years. Um, you trade for yeah. a Hall of Fame level player to complete the MV three that was, you know, Pujols, uh, Edmonds, and and Mr. Roland. All three of which I believe should be in the Hall of Fame, and obviously Pujols will be a first ballot. We'll see what if Jimmy can get on through some type of Veterans Committee or or something like that but you know just to go over it like like i said top three or or top 10 third baseman of all time he's like right around the chipper jones um adrian belt beltray type uh, level player yeah um and i think like what's what what should be talked about with scott Rowland, and and you can really say this about any player I, i guess so but but i think it it makes sense to caveat him with this because he is now making it to the Hall of Fame. Is I'm sure most Cardinal fans remember uh, that shoulder injury that he had to go through. That uh, while he was running down first base, ran into the first baseman, and his shoulder was never the same. It kind of sapped his power. Still played for years after that, and I think he would have been probably more of a slam dunk like he was a slam dunk like you said he should have been first ballot but i think had he not had that weird freak injury where it's just kind of the wires got crossed sprinting down the first baseline um he would have padded those numbers even more um but yeah c- couldn't be happier well deserved i hope he wears a cardinals cap um yeah. you know he he didn't spend all of his career with the cardinals uh he obviously had a great year or uh, career with the phillies as well um but yeah awesome news
0: yeah very excited for him um i also agree jim edmonds should be in. And i try to be objective on that obviously we are we are biased we have a cardinal podcast but i yeah. truly think um you know he'd be bottom bottom sort of rung of hall of famers but i still think he should be in the hall of fame um but anyway scott Rowland. Yeah. um yeah, incredible career, and yeah, it's it's a difficult choice for him. I, it's from what I understand, it's not technically his choice. It's technically the Hall of Fame's choice on what uh like hat he's wearing on his plaque. Um, but they obviously listen; they take his um, opinion seriously in it. So it probably is ultimately down to him. Uh, he has said he has not he's not ready to make a decision yet and that he's going to talk with the hall about it because it does kind of come down to like do you do the place where you made your name and your career was started and you really like came out onto the scene or do you do the place that you had fewer years but really your peak years yeah um i i could see why either would be the choice obviously i think we all hope it's the cardinals um there's always the option that he does the no logo um which is what people do to sort of not pick a favorite, which is also fair, but um, it seems yeah, to that, me to make make sense. That, you do the team where you had your best years and your your biggest platform, you know, but I yeah. don't
1: know. Yeah. And it's not I'm not going to be like my feelings aren't going to be hurt if he decides to go with right. no cap. Um, that that seems probably it, I would guess if, if I had to bet a wager on it, it would be like Cardinals no cap Phillies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think some guys it's not uncommon for guys to really value whatever team like chose them and, and yeah. have them come up through and, and, you know, and he had a lot of really good years at the Phillies, uh, he but he did, but he also
1: like had the was, whole run in with Larry Boa that yeah, was going on his, him and his agent tried to sign into his contract that the Phillies had to have a certain level of spending for him to stick around yeah. when he was re-upping. Like it was a bit of a fraught relationship. And I think like, you know, obviously Scott Rowland's going to be all like sunshine and and rainbows uh, around this time of him getting elected. But I think, I don't think he was like a grouch. I think he was just like, or the sense that I get, and I'd love to be corrected on this, but the sense that I get is that like, he kind of was just not worried about how he was being perceived. Like, right. He was going to do his thing. He was going to say what he meant. And, Sometimes that would rub Larry Boa or Tony LaRusso the wrong way, and uh, they would try to captain the ship. And when you have a 6'5", 240-pound MVP third <laughs> baseman, he's going to do his own
0: thing, you know? So that's that's just kind of how it went. Yeah. Yeah, that, there was definitely confrontations on every team that he was a part of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so we'll see we'll see but it's really cool it's nice to have um you know a good story around the hall of fame it's been trash for years over years now yeah um so yeah and uh i want to go on a slight tangent just to go back to jim
1: edmonds because i i just think that we could should bring this up every once in a while like i just while we were talking i pulled up the uh total numbers from 1992 to 2022 Jim Edmonds is the fourth best center fielder in that time. Andrew Jones is the third best. And I think both of those gentlemen belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, So hopefully we can somehow weasel Jim Edmonds in there. Um, It makes sense to me. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh,
0: 64 and a half F war, which puts him well above a lot of other Hall of Fame players. Um, I think he mostly um, was a victim of the Hall of Fame uh, ballot bloat that happened because of all of the uh, steroid guys that were on yeah. there for 10 years instead of uh, the one year that they should have been before being elected into the Hall of Fame. And yeah. so it, it, it just made this gridlock where half the voters were voting for guys like Bonds. So that's where some of their votes are going. And it's keeping them on when it should have been like with what happened with Roland this year, you know, like. There's a bunch of interesting guys on the on the ballot. Most not, uh, gonna make it. But it's cool that their name is there. And then everyone centers around a couple people that are at the top, and they get in. Yep. You know, and that basically ground to a halt because every year for ten years, half the votes went to Bonds and right. uh, and Clemens and all these other guys.
1: Yeah, and that's one more other gripe I have to pick with the whole Hall of Fame selection committee. Not only the blank ballot nonsense that happens every year. Or every year for the last like five or six years, um, but the why why are we limited to ten? Why, like why is there yeah. an arbitrary limit on how many people you can vote for? Um, like that has, or I guess explain how that makes sense. Like if there are certain if there are twelve Hall of Famers in a class, you and they're all deserving, you can't vote them all in, no matter what. Like yeah. why? Why are we limited to that? It should be whatever you want. So if you believe that the steroid guys should be in, that shouldn't punish somebody like Beltron or Roland or who you know any of these newer class. Um, although <laughs> Beltron was the wrong name to drop because he might be getting <laughs> stuck out because of the whole Astros science yeah, thing. I, I that's I a whole other topic, why. though. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, not a good one to pick. Because yeah, not a good a, one. No, not. It's like him and Manny are like. You know different reasons, but yeah. they're they're you know they might be on there slowly and for a long yeah. time. But um, Man, I want a Manny Hall of Fame speech so bad, I, <laughs> I, I like that that more than anything. I'm really torn on Manny. This is a whole new conversation, but I I am someone who believes Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should have been first ballot inner circle Hall of Famers. But these guys who got popped well after all of that is where I start to get a little more like yeah, maybe they. Maybe they did do something that is uh, disqualifies them from the Hall of Fame because yeah. doing steroids in uh, what 2007 or whatever. I could be yeah. way off on that was very different than doing steroids in 1997, you know. So, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'm probably not voting for Manny, um, but I'm trying to be intellectually consistent on why I say like Barry Bonds, first ballot, inner circle and not yeah. Manny Ramirez.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. F- I mean, with Barry Bonds, you can literally cut his career in half and he's still a Hall of Fame player. Uh, I think yeah. the thing, and we should move on from talking about Manny Ramirez on a Cardinals podcast, but <laughs> the th- I just have this child brain memories of him being the, like, one of the best right handed hitters I've ever seen. And in, like, yeah. in a little, like, he had, like, a swag and a way about him that I've also never seen. Like, Pujol's obviously the best right handed hitter I've seen in real life. Um, but he was, you know, his nicknames, the machine, uh, he had a very mechanical cerebral approach and Manny looked like he rolled out of bed and then could just go hit three 30. Um, yeah. maybe it was assisted by drugs, you know, maybe there were all kinds of things going on, but he just had this, like, you,
0: you can't get him out type vibe to him. That was, that Manny, was you know, yeah. fun to watch Manny being Manny. Uh, he has yeah. the, my single favorite, uh, catch in all of baseball history. Which is him intercepting that cutoff throw? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he just lost focus there for a second. I mean, it's
0: like the best catch he made. in an entire it really career is. was <laughs> full lateral dive, <laughs> full lateral dive, to cut off the cutoff man, the cut off a cutoff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so uh, good. Yes. But there's a ton of good little Manny stories. But anyway, there, yeah, this yeah. is this is not a Manny podcast. Um, all right, so let's move on. Yeah, you know one of the other big things. That happened this week and and we've said on the show like arguably the most impactful thing the Cardinals have done this offseason um, and that's not even a criticism on an otherwise dull uh, offseason. They could have signed like eight people and this still would have been maybe yeah. the biggest impactful thing, which is they've hired a new play by play guy. Yeah, um, it kind of went from no news to all of a sudden a lot of news. Yeah, um, it seemed like Aaron Goldsmith was maybe going to be the guy um, which I know we've had uh, opinions on both sides on this show about him, but generally people were really excited and then he backed out and he did a really nice uh, tweet basically explaining uh, whacking his microphone around. I know. Actually I hit the cable on my microphone Um, basically saying thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. 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 Uh, The Mariners are there is home now and he's not leaving. So Seemed like he got really far. And uh, then Root Sports in Seattle gave him a huge raise. No, we're not
1: losing him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And so, you know, good for him. He knows what he wants. And obviously he's uh, sought after. So he, you know, did what he thought was right. And that's when uh, we learned there was another name in the race. And then like, I don't know, a day later, it was announced that he was signed, which is uh, Chip Carey. Um, from yeah. the Braves broadcast, which has caused quite a riff <laughs> uh in carnal fandom um yeah. I'm gonna let you speak here in a moment because I know your opinion uh, already yeah. um but basically, on the one hand, you have a lot of people who I think um really appreciate the the sort of history of this hire and and the continuation of having a carry uh in the St. Louis have, you know broadcasting a St. Louis sport. Um, you know, baseball is a uh you know largely a traditional sport and these sort of storylines are celebrated frequently in baseball. And this is one of those, you know, the grandson of Harry Carey. Uh how cool is that, right? Um and then there's the other side of it, which is I will let uh, Ben uh you share your opinion <laughs> on chip carry
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so i've been thinking about how to talk about this on the podcast and so i will just say like blanket statement i'm not excited about this hire um and i'll I'll guess i'll try to do my best to explain this and nate you just cut me off if i'm like getting too rambly here like please please empire. yeah terrible uh, yeah i'm not even gonna say terrible but here, here's well, how i feel you, i about don't know it. if
0: you've I don't know if you've seen it. There's a video going like going around. Oh, of he, the... he call, he calls throws terrible, which yeah. is kind of fun. And there was yeah. like a super cut of him calling throws terrible that yeah. I kind of enjoyed watching.
1: Yes. Uh, so I, I guess here's what I'll say. I, I watch a lot of baseball. Um, and I think I have a sense of a decent number of announcers across the league and, it should be noted that, like when you watch a couple of Braves games, or you're a Cardinals fan that's watching 160 ish games a year, it's very different. Spending 500 hours with that person as opposed to spending a few hours or, or whatever. So I'll, I'll caveat that all. But I watch a lot of Braves games. I like the Braves. Uh, I'm a huge Acuna fan. I like, uh, I mean Freddie Freeman back in the day, Ozzy the Albies. They have a very exciting team. Um, so I just find myself watching a lot of their games, and I find Chip Carry to be a big stick in the mud. I think that he kind of, kind of like the criticism around Aaron Goldsmith. Although like you said, it seems like Seattle was really unhappy about him getting shipped out. Um, so, or uh, potentially getting shipped out. So I, I will criticize chip Carey in being boring. Um, I think that he sounds, he announces games like he's in the eighties or nineties. He is anti advanced analytics Um, And what I don't like is that rather than giving somebody who well, Aaron Goldsmith, who's still young and and rising, we're giving somebody an opportunity, arguably one of the best play by play jobs in baseball, as far as the market fan interest, the ratings, how many people are watching this broadcast every single day. We're giving a guy who's been doing it averagely for decades, this great opportunity. The other issue that I have is the Nepo baby factor, which is would Chip Carey be an announcer if he wasn't the grandson of who he was the grandson of? I don't know. Maybe he would have got there on his own merits, but we know for a fact that he got that Braves job because that's where his dad was, and his dad got that job because of who his dad was. So the right. whole idea of, like at least for the baseball player nepotism thing that's happening, like, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. has to go hit that baseball. like obviously chip Carey's not an idiot. Like he can call a game and it's fine, but we're picking somebody who is kind of set in their ways, who is openly <laughs> talks about on the broadcast, how advanced analytics are ruining the game. I now I'm going to get mad about something that hasn't happened yet. I'm going to assume he's going to lament the new rules that are coming down the way or complain about how they're changing the game or about how the players aren't playing the game. Right. And, Well, I think it is fine to celebrate a, you know, scoring on a bunt hit and then stealing second and then two sack flies because that's a run scored. Like there are other ways to look at this game, and I think there are better ways to sell this game. And my least favorite aspect of a play by play person or really anybody in baseball media is complaining about the existing product. It. How (laughs) you are appeasing one group of listener uh which is the stick in the mud list or list or, or or watcher or whatever you are not selling it to anybody you are really just raining on everybody else's parade who's having a great time watching you know new bar bs3 true outcome or or wh- however it, it you know these players manifest um so that's kind of my opinion um i don't like it i he's 57 um i wonder how long he's going to be here um we're gonna to get to know him. Maybe he'll win us over. I am gonna co- try to come in with a. I, I feel this way right now, but I'm not gonna not watch Cardinals games. Um, right, you know they they there are worse hirings that they could have done, uh, Mike Clevenger or something like that. Uh, but
0: ooh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be a twist.
1: That would be a twist. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of my two cents on this whole thing. Like, does he deserve to be here? No. Do I think he's particularly good? No. Um, will Brad Thompson, you know, be a good combination with him? Probably. Maybe he'll lighten up. Um, because I will say yeah. that the Braves broadcast got a lot better once Frenchie, uh, Jeff Francor, uh, joined them cause he's funny, affable, a good player, you know, understands the modern game, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I, I don't know. I think this franchise deserves better. I think that we deserve better. I think that they could have found somebody either in their system or a younger hire or just really gone any other direction.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to argue with any of that other than that. I'll just throw in that I like don't really ever listen to the broadcast very much. And I only say that to say, like, I don't feel like I ever really heard him on Braves. Like, I'll watch Brave games because I agree with you. I really enjoy the Braves, Um, you know, once I remove how much I hate that the Cardinals have to play against them, uh, yeah. you know, from the equation. But they're a fun team, and I'll go and I'll watch a Braves game. But I, like, don't really pay attention that much. so I don't have an existing opinion of him Um, coming in. Yeah. Um, all I have to go off of is, is you know, takes like this. <laughs> And I will agree with you that like that is also my least favorite thing about uh, um, current broadcasters, or that is the thing I hate most about certain broadcasters. And I think Jim Edmonds does it a little bit. And I am, and I'm worried that they will basically feedback loop themselves into hating everything, especially as the Cardinals continue to um, lurch more towards a more analytical approach to the game. Uh, You know, I would, it will be very frustrating if, we have Ali Marmal and Dusty Blake and, and right. all these new guys um, that are really trying to take the uh, team to this next level. And you've got the spokesperson for the team, essentially the the average fans um, sort of guidance into yeah. understanding baseball. Um, they're actively lamenting the things that the team is trying to do in order to be successful. That will be very, very frustrating. Um, I hope that that does not happen. But what was it? I think you might have linked it in the Discord. They're like FanGraphs ranked uh, the Braves broadcast as old man yelling at clouds. Like yeah. you know, there's definitely that is a prevailing opinion about him, and right. it's just boring and and not fun and kind of the counter of what a broadcaster should be doing so maybe he'll come here and turn a new leaf because yeah like being in st louis being the broadcaster like it's a celebrity position man oh yeah like dan mclaughlin you'd be walking around in like the grocery store and to be dan mclaughlin's voice is playing over the uh you know over the speaker or like he's all over the place it is a major position here and so there's we'll see yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I want to like qualify my opinion just one more time. Like it is not his age uh, that bothers me. Like Oral Hershiser right. is older than he is and is more open to advanced ideas, thoughts, analytics, all that kind of stuff and is open to explaining the game through that lens. It is the w- the the old school way in which he views the sport. And his resistance to the change. Like, I would say that's something to uh, like a feather in McLaughlin's cap is that he can sit down and talk with uh, an old school baseball guy and talk about the old days and, and, and get into that. And then at the same time, turn around the next inning and talk about the, you know, any any uh, advanced saver metric that you would find on fan graphs or, or talk about win probabilities yeah. or really just the probabilistic nature of baseball and how important that is in in the modern game.
0: Um yeah. or, and, uh, and, de- uh, and
1: deliver an opinion on it too. Yeah, like he yeah. didn't always agree with it, didn't always love it, but you know, was able to speak about it in a way that was intelligent and 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 on point, I guess.
0: Or I know this is an impossible comparison, but um, you know, Vince Scully, who literally was old school, you know, he'd been yeah. there since, you know, before electricity and um you know he yeah, with Dodgers talk about are still it, well, in Brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's crazy stories about him broadcasting from like a wood shed that was off the side of the um field that was like yeah. 110 degrees in there but anyway literally he'd been there from the beginning essentially and you know he could talk about the history of the game without insulting the current form of the game and there's that's where that fine line is as a fan i want to hear about the history i want to i want to hear how um, current players compare to players of previous generations and, and a broadcaster again yeah regardless of their age but a broadcaster with that depth of knowledge is really valuable and really helps tie in the game to the broader context which is part of why I like Bob Costas a lot because I think he does that yeah um, but if you're going to try to make the point that the game was somehow better at a different time it's like anytime someone comes to t- talk to me and say like music was better in the 70s I'm like that is such a frustratingly boring opinion, you know? Right. Um, that's how I feel about somebody um saying that about like a sport was better in a certain decade. Right. Um, but
1: and like the entire like I think the reason most baseball fans like baseball is the nuance, is all the yeah. little you can argue about is goldschmidt as good as mcguire is as good as keith hernandez like that's the fun part of it it's a different game yeah. it's evolving over time yeah anyways yeah.
0: anyway so we're ranting about a problem that hasn't yet actually <sighs> happened but so so we'll move on because there's more yeah. fun stuff to talk about but i hope that he's great um i hope that he is fun and we all come to love chip Carey because he's here now and so it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. I want to end that on a positive note. Maybe
1: there's a chance he goes full granddad starts cracking Budweiser's and just going full loose cannon saying whatever comes to his mind. And we have a blast for the next uh, however long, yeah. like maybe he's been waiting to reach his final form. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's getting to the second half of his career and he's just going to let it rip. Um, but, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, so we've spent a lot of this off season talking about the Cardinals, uh, starting rotation and its lack of depth. And we've been sort of banging the drum for a multitude of solutions, each that as they fall off the board, we just move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, one that we all thought was, uh, uh, both a realistic possibility and a like legitimate potential solution was the Cardinals trading for Pablo Lopez, um, Pablo Lopez did get traded.
1: He did. We were right, Nate. We were, we were right. We, we nailed it from the beginning. We nailed it. And yes. he went to a
0: team in the Central. Yeah. So, I mean, we're basically right. Never take an L, bitty boy. We got That's it. That's right. Uh, we all knew he was going to go to the Twins Ugh. in exchange for Luis Ar- Arays. Arays Arayes? Arayes. Arayes. I, I can never say it's his name. It's a hard name to reason. say. Yeah, Arayes. 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 Um AL batting champ. Um, you know, pretty good player. What are your takes? What was your take on this trade? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh,
1: I, I think it's a weird trade. I think I'm of the opinion that Arias is a good hitter who lucked into some power. He lacks a position. And will likely not repeat. I think he put up four F four this last year somewhere, maybe a little above that. (laughs) I think it'd be very unlikely for him to repeat that. I do think that the ballpark in Miami will be good for him, but he's a bad defender. I mean, they were playing the Marlins were playing him as DH first baseman and he's like five, nine, like no, nobody wants a short first baseman. So like they were kind (laughs) of just forced to play in there. Um, so You know, that, that being said, he's got a lot of control left. Um, and it's kind of an interesting move. Like I definitely, like I get why the twins made this move. Um, I think that they sold a high on a career season potentially for Arias. Um, I don't, (laughs) I don't really understand the goal, the team, the Marlins are trying to put together. Like I would have tried to get a bopper or somebody with bopper potential, and like, yeah. if Arias hits five home runs in that ballpark this year, like uh, I I think that'll be in like a big big win for them. Um, so yeah, yeah I don't know. It's yeah. fine. I I guess like the, I I guess what like to turn this kind of back to the Cardinals, like the Cardinals don't really have an Arias that they could match this trade with. Like, it, it's. Uh, they for sure don't have a one-to-one because arise is a bit of a unicorn in the sense that he is like a hundredth percentile strikeout a hundred percentile
0: contact like this guy. Yeah. He's, There's just he's not a f- lot in the league, right? Yeah, like he, he's, he's kind of yeah. a freak. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah. The best I could think of would be, um, would have been like a Dylan Carlson, which kind of feels weird, but something that you kind of think has a pretty good floor, Which is what I think they're banking on here, um, which is that, like, you know, who knows what his power is going to be like, um, but we want someone who can get on base and can do that consistently in a couple different ways. And so, with his high batting average, his ability to draw walks, you know, he had a 375 OBP uh, last year. And, you know, I think that that must be what they were looking at. There's also a world where maybe. He's starting to build some power because last year he hit eight home runs, which is not much, obviously. Um, but it doesn't take a ton of power to th- add on to a 315 to 330 batting average to become like really, really valuable, you yeah. know? So maybe last year was actually just the beginning of, you know, another phase of his career because he is only 25. Yeah. So if suddenly that's not an outlier, but the beginning of and you know a growth for him, and he can get up to even ten or fifteen home runs, you could see him very easily repeating that for f four yeah. and being a very valuable offensive piece. But it is a gamble because he is not a guy known for his power. Obviously, no. Um, you know, I would so- say. If I was
1: Kim Ng, if I was in the Marlins front office, I would, I would say, I think that we can get this guy to hit 50 doubles and, uh, in our, in Lone Depot park, I think he yeah. can be a doubles machine at the top of the order quality at bat. Like we said, the guy does not strike out. Um, he's on base all the time. It's not really quick. Um, but you know, he, like I said, he's a unicorn. He's some, he's a weapon that no
0: other team has. And, and there's value in that inherently. Um, yeah.
1: But yeah, I he was, almost
0: he almost doubled the amount of doubles he hit from 2021 to 2022, and again only yeah. being 25, like yeah, it's not going to take a huge step in power for that batting average to become you know no. way more valuable. But but I would say if you were to ask me to bet right
1: now um, on who's going to win this trade long term, I'd say the, the Twins won it fairly easily. Um, I think that you know we talked about Pablo Lopez for quite a bit, and I think that he is a, a two or three that could make a change or two as he, you know, he's 26 he's gonna be 27 right. next year. He's got, if he becomes a ACE or at least a number one pitcher for the twins in the next couple of years, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's just like the, I, I, I wonder what the Cardinals final
0: offer was, um, or if and there maybe, even was one, we don't if there know if it was one. Yeah yeah we don't know what conversations have happened other than that the cardinals and and Marlins had exploratory conversations or some sort of vague yeah. notion like that um yeah, I don't know I mean we def like cardinals could obviously have beaten the trade um but it does begin to you know what what comfort level are you are you at in beating that trade, and also what were the tw- the Marlins looking for if they were looking yes. for like established big league player um yeah, you, the Cardinals run out of options really quick because we're basically either trading like one of our starters and then everyone else is like high ceiling prospect exactly. that we hope pans out. And if the Marlins didn't want that, I mean, yeah, there's not much you can and, do. And I think that's what it comes
1: down to is a has almost 400 games played in the big leagues. Um, he has shown success at the big leagues. He has had hit over 300 or 294 in all four of his seasons. Like yeah. he's a much more known uh commodity. And I think that's probably what it came down to. Um again, who knows what the Cardinals ended up offering. Um yeah. but I I'm, will say I'm, like I'm, I was very disappointed in this. Yeah. This, of course. This broke broke my little Cardinal heart a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think we both a- agree that the cost wasn't that high, you know. A raise is an interesting we just talked about all of his value. Um, but that's still not he's still not any like an incredibly high-end um acquisition for the for the Marlins. So you know, it seems like the Carlos yeah. could have could have beat it. Um and, and the twins
1: are just gonna have Jose Miranda play first base, and they're who's got big power potential and a lot going on, and he's only 24. And they're yeah. not even going to think about this trade. Uh, yep. I, I think as soon as like it's, it just makes sense for them. Um,
0: so yeah, good, good for them. It's a good trade for the Marl or for the, for the uh, twins, Pro, almost no matter how a raise develops, it's yeah. a pretty good trade for them um of course unless he does suddenly start hit, you know hitting 20 home runs with that 320 and you know becomes a totally different player but most are not projecting him to be that way uh Fangraphs has his ceiling game power at a 30 uh which on a 2080 scale not great so. yeah and, and you know this
1: is going to be a really unfair thing to say but uh Tony Gwynn couldn't figure out how to do it I don't think Arriaza is going to figure out how to do it <laughs> um but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a um, that's a hard comp to make. So, well, hitting above three hundred, I mean, people used to do that in the steroid era with tw- above three hundred with above twenty home runs. It just it just doesn't happen anymore.
0: But unless you're, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt or almost uh, Arenado, or yeah, uh, if you're a Hall of Fame level player <laughs> at the peak <laughs> yeah. of your powers,
1: you can do it. Yes, that is that is a good point. But yeah, like, thank you. We we shouldn't spend much time on this, but I am so curious to see. Oh, I guess one other thing I'll add to this is the funniest part of it is this guy's a bad, bad uh, defender. Jazz Chisholm is a very, very good defender, and they're going to usurp Jazz Chisholm from his second base uh, position, put him in center field, which he's never played in the outfield, and put yeah. a bad defender at second base. Um, just confusing Ch- all around. Yeah. Why you know, I'm why
0: make of, two positions know. worse? Just I don't yeah. Well Chisholm could be a good center fielder, you he know. Could. Like, <laughs> he could. He's never done it. <laughs> like Yeah, but he's one of those guys, you know. Like I, I'm a big He's fan a freak of him. athlete. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, definitely seems strange. It it all, makes me think.
1: Makes me think of that scene from Moneyball where there's like, oh, you, you can learn first base. It's not that hard. And then they look at Ron Washington. It's actually incredibly hard. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 We'll see.
0: All right. Well, we've got um, a couple other things we want to talk about, including the Zips projections that have come out for the uh, 2023 Cardinals, which is always an exciting topic. But before we get to that, we want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. We are getting ready to start the 2023 season. How exciting is that? Very exciting. You've already chosen to listen to this podcast, which we appreciate. Consider taking the next step and joining our Patreon, getting in the Discord. We're having constant conversations in there. We'd love to have you in the Discord with us. Subscribers at any level get access to that. We're talking about doing some live streams this year. Uh, We'll figure out what that looks like, but watching games together uh you know in the in the voice chat or just in chat however you're comfortable um so we've got a bunch of cool stuff we're planning for 2023 we'd love to have you be a part of it patreon.com slash talking about birds and then also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform it helps uh ben where else can people find us online
1: yeah make sure to follow us on twitter at talk about birds where we're uh tweeting about our uh Chip carry uh, opinions and not much else right now, but a lot of a lot of chip carry takes on there. Uh you can follow us on Instagram at talking about birds. And of course, you can email us directly at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, uh, alternative broadcasts that you'd like us to watch, whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, I'll just hit that again. Uh, hit us up on Patreon, the first tiers at $2. Um, and you know, we we would appreciate it. Um, outside of that, tell your friends um
0: your your cardinal freak friends that are probably out there maybe I should learn spanish and we can and watch the uh the Benji molina broadcast. that'd be
1: a good way to learn
0: spanish we it would be yeah, a would. very focused version of spanish but uh <laughs> um, I, can I think you specifically about on field events <laughs> yeah. yeah all right uh so um zips. Uh, Zips is a projection system created by uh, Dan Zim- Zimborski. Nailed it. Um, who is a writer for Fangraphs and all around uh, cool dude. Um, <laughs> no, and... he's not. He's like the biggest nerd <laughs> on the internet, and
1: I love him I... for it.
0: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I think he's a. I think he's a super cool dude. Uh, he's also into um, a, a lot of video games. So D and D
1: nerd. AI nerd, tech nerd in general. Yeah, he's great.
0: Yeah, so he invented a projection system that has essentially been integrated into FanGraphs. It's Zips, Z I P S, um, and you know every projection system has its own, um, you know, ups and downs. And there's everybody has their own opinion on their favorite projection system, Um, but Zips is one of the most popular, most well received. And most um like available. You see it everywhere, right? Yeah. Um so it I probably is just the most popular projection system. Maybe Steamer is is uh or um um oh my god, uh P- 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 Koda P- Koda, is yep. another is another one that's pretty popular, but um the bat. Yeah. Uh one of the things I like about zips though is the uh is the article that they put out every year with the projection systems and it just kind of gives you a breakdown of, you know, what the system expects the, the team to do. And uh, it's always a lot of fun when when your team's zips projections come up. So that happened basically as we were recording last week's episode. So we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So we wanted to talk about it uh, today. So um, check it out. Like, I don't think we're going to go through the whole thing, but if you haven't looked at it yet. Um, look on fan graphs or if you just like google Cardinals zips zips you would find it yeah I believe um, I
1: have also that the it is on our Twitter the uh, nice, the graphic yeah. at least so what
0: stood out to you this year about it Ben anything yeah.
1: stand out to you two two big standouts for me um I would say the number one standout to me was the production of the relief crew um, mm-hmm. which last year was really not great Um, And this year is projecting to be one of the best bullpens in baseball. Um, Now, obviously, when Helsley puts up a season like he did last year, that that makes everything look better. Um, But, you know, as far as the projections, we uh, he is showing Helsley, Gallegos, Palante, Hicks, Stratton, Cabrera, Woodford, Hudson, Verhagen and Rodriguez as the relief crew, all putting up five war, which I believe puts them in the top five. Uh, In baseball, uh, I think there's only one team that hasn't or no, no, many teams still haven't put up their zips projections yet. Um, But that crew being a a big strength, I think that we that it's kind of just confirming something that I felt and I think that we all kind of know I do. I'm curious to see what Stratton's uh, like. They were really, really excited about a lot of Stratton's, uh, you know, baseball, Cervantes, Dak Cassie type spin rates and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see what kind of role he takes in a full season. I think he did a pretty good job. Um, And Palante, I would say, is a huge question mark. I think he's going to compete for a starting rotation spot, but the bullpen makes so much sense for him, um, especially if he can get a strike ups out a little bit with that curveball. So that has me really, really excited. Just the whole relief core being projected, how they're being projected. And I think the other big standout is uh, the catcher position. I think we we'll, we talked about this earlier this year, but the catcher position was essentially a black hole for the Cardinals last year. And zips is putting it at a three win, uh, which is obviously above average. And that's, that's Contreras really turning that entire position around 180 degrees. Um. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy about those things. Uh, I think those, Kind of what stuck out to me, and I guess since I'm blabbering on, um, the O'Neill projection is, I think, probably better than one might expect. Um, it has him as being a slightly above average player. He's somebody who has really had some, you know, issues last year, and sometimes that'll, you know, Zips is like all projection systems; they can be pessimistic um, because you know that's how baseball go. Um, but I think seeing him as an above average player, uh, putting up 2.7 war, and I think that, you know, it is not crazy to see him to, or, or to imagine him doubling that. Um, but having that as his, you know, floor or whatever you want to call it, I think is is something to be excited about.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and so, um, you know, some helpful numbers here, the league average war, um, is two, so you know we often think of like Z, when you when you think of war, you might think zero is league average, and then it goes up or down from there um but zero is replacement level, and so most teams are you know most big leaguers are trying to hit at least two in a single year to be average or better right um and so what stood out to me too um was that the entire cardinal position the the entire cardinal team. Projects to be over two. There is no position that the Cardinals are below average, which is kind of the Cardinal way, of yeah. course, you know, Um, but still like it can't be overstated like how valuable that actually is. That's why the Cardinals are constantly putting up winning seasons. They might not have the best season, but um, odds are they're going to win more games than they lose because every single position has someone that's, at least league average if not above league average even the best teams usually have like one or two spots where it's like i don't look over there the rest of the team will make up for it but the Cardinals have average or, or better than average everywhere um i thought it was interesting to see how zips projects um some regression that we're all expecting uh goldie at 35 just had essentially a career year and so i think it's fair to assume that next year he will not be as good um but zip still projects him at uh 4.5 f WAR, which i think is a a really good projection a really good like really safe and i think we should all be really really happy if Goldschmidt puts up four and a half next year hell yeah still um you know all-star level output um, not mvp anymore but yeah yeah
1: Well, yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, what the craziest thing is that you have on this projection system, if it just goes the way that Zips is saying Arenado, Goldie and Edmund being all-stars next year or in the all-star conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, this could, again, now with the, um, addition of Contreras, which everyone ourselves included have been pretty disappointed with this off season, but the Contreras addition is huge. It, is a full 180 on a position that has been really rough for the Cardinals, at least offensively. Um, so when you look at, uh, we've got three for Contreras, 5.8 for Arenado, 4.4 for Edmond, two and a half ish for Donovan slash Gorman at second, and then Goldschmidt at four and a half. Like could be the best infield in the NL. Yeah. Right? And I think
1: for. So those three players and Contreras, I think, uh, like everyone, but second base on the infield, we, I, I think I feel pretty good about those projections. And I think I could easily tell a story, which O'Neill breaks 2.7. I could tell a story where Carlson and Newt bar and center break 2.8 and a, a story where a uh, Newt Barr and Jordan Walker break, break the 2.2. Like there is, it, it is. You don't have to go that far to imagine them beating those projections. Now, obviously, injuries, all you know, it can it can derail everything, but there was a story for all of those players to be above average, which is extremely exciting.
0: Yeah. Um again, like this Cardinal team should score runs. It should be yeah. uh it should be a very good offense. And yeah. coupled with a really good defense, like And then we're going to, and yeah, so you can see where (laughs) we're going here. Like this is largely the same team, the same approach in 2023 as to what we saw in 2022, right? We're going in with a pretty set lineup that has, we like to think a very high floor and a potential for a ceiling that is huge. And we got that in 2022 with Goldschmidt and Arenado. They hit like, 90th percentile projections right and that's part of why the cardinals won 93 games and so on and so forth and it made up for the same problem that we went into last year with that we're seeing this year which is the starting rotation which yeah. as it's listed here you say okay you know it's not great but it's not bad uh, they've got michaelis at 2.9 montgomery at 3.4 leading the staff Wainwright at two Flaherty at 2.5, which is kind of nice. And then Matt's Libertor, and Hudson all below average, um, but all still above replacement level, you yeah. know, um, which it's like, OK. I mean, we're just gonna be repeating uh, everything we've already been saying. Here, honestly,
1: right? Honestly, I think the projections are rosier than I would expect it. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that like Michaelis is a, a prime regression candidate. Uh, Wayne Wright's a prime regression candidate. We have no idea what to expect from Flaherty. Um, and, and we have a decent idea. Like, I, I think it's fair to be optimistic about Montgomery and then no idea what to expect about Matt's libertor. And I mean, Hudson might be the current biggest question mark on the roster. Um, yeah. I like, I have absolutely zero expectations um, around him, but It's slightly rosier than one would expect. It is a competitive starting five, six ish, seven, whatever the Cardinals are going to be rolling out. Um, But it's going to be relying up on that position player group.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we've been talking about this whole time that if those five, six guys are healthy all year and perform around what you expect them to, they don't even need to break out. They just need to kind of do what you're expecting. Yeah. The Cardinals have a pretty good rotation, Combine it with an elite offense and maybe an elite uh, relief core, and you got another ninety plus wins and an easy cruise into the playoffs. Which at that point, it's a crapshoot, right? Um, But that whole thing falls apart the moment one of those, (laughs) one or two of those uh, guys in the first four on that list, start to fall off. Yeah, assuming health, the
1: central's locked up, but uh, you
0: know that's why they play the games. Yeah, so. I mean, it kind of just reinforced like everyone's opinions already. Um, But again, I do think like, and, and, um, Simborski talked about it in his article that he's like, I think zips likes the Cardinals better than anyone else likes the Cardinals, you know, (laughs) because you do, you project all these guys individually and you come up with this and that's cool. But like each of these guys have their own path to it, going horribly in a way that like not as many teams have as the Cardinals if that makes sense. There's like way more I think range of outcomes with the Cardinals than you have with a team like the Braves or um, the Mets. Sure. So yeah. But uh, it's fun. I mean I love a good projection system and, and, and what I like about Zips too is that it it doesn't try to actually build you a balanced projection to say like this is what's going to actually happen in 2023. Like it hands out 350 at bats to like every prospect, you know? Um, So it's, it's not really trying to actively create what's going to happen. It's like in a vacuum, we think this player will get roughly, you know, this amount of at bats and here's what they could do with them. And it goes even into projecting like 90th percentile outcomes and what those could look like. Um, I was really excited to look at, you know, our, Dylan Carlson, 90 percentile or 80 percentile outcomes. Like, what does a a breakout look like for some of these guys? And it it's a lot of fun. So yeah. if you're into that stuff, um, you know, we obviously are. Highly recommend you check out the article. We'll probably be referencing. And we already have, but we'll be referencing Zips, like, just through the whole season. Hundo P.
1: Uh, really quick before we move on from this, uh, I just – so he also will do – uh, top uh, near age offensive comps for the players and Lars Newbar's number one offensive comp uh, for his age bracket is cody bellinger
0: so who <laughs> needs
1: cody when you got one at home he's obviously not the defender but uh hey we'll see what happens
0: which cody bellinger is that uh a comp to? is when it? They're ever,
1: whenever they're the same age so i don't know how I, i'd have to do a little bit of digging to to figure that all out how old is newt right now um But, yeah, I'll I'll figure that out while we keep talking.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Cool. Well, the next thing uh, we wanted to talk about, we want to dig in a little bit more into some of the stuff that's come out after uh, winter warm-up and all the different interviews. And, um, Ben, I know you've been talking about this, um, and I've been kind of starting to feel it a little bit as well. Um, Really enjoying hearing what some of these players are starting to say about the new pitching coach. Dusty Blake um really really compelling really interesting um why don't you dig in a little bit about it
1: yeah it's like uh everyone is doing that thing um how to like Dusty Blake is great we loved Maddox mad dog is the man but man Dusty Blake is really cool, though. They're all kind of like walking the line there, which I think is funny. I think it's also just, you know, in respect and and reference to to Mad dog. Um, But so what I thought was really interesting um, was that Dusty Blake was at the winter warm up. And I think this was just a big thing that we missed in our conversation last week that I want to run back to is the talking about building a pitching lab, like an actual pitching lab, like a driveline type mm-hmm. facility for the Cardinals organization. Um, you know, a, a lot of teams already have this, but dusty Blake is kind of leading the charge in getting this created and actually like, you know, but literally putting hammer to nail. Um, so it's, it's talking about maximizing the use of uh, the organization's use of modern methods and technology. And part of that is the pitch design. So basically looking at Dakota Hudson and saying, okay, why is your sinker? uh cement mixing why isn't it diving down and being able to sit in with him make adjustments show him in real time and kind of design that together um and i want to read a quote from dakota hudson kind of talking about working with dusty blake um and dakota says um he's a lot more in tune with everything and a very bright mind as far as baseball goes in general and the analytical (sighs) stuff he brought in Okay, baseball player talking. It was <laughs> yeah, something well. that changed. Uh, this part I think is is interesting though. It was something that changed my view of the game itself. So, like again, this is Dakota Hudson talking about it. But really, what he's like, I think what's shining through is that Dusty Baker or Dusty Baker, um, love Dusty Baker. Shout out, uh, Dusty Blake <laughs> is able to take these really high concept complicated, nuanced changes and how it can benefit the player and basically break it down. It's taking the super high tech, advanced analytical approach and delivering it in that quote unquote old school baseball. Here you go, boy, let it rip um, terminology that seems to be it, it, it. Dakota Hudson is speaking highly of them. Jack Flaherty is speaking highly of them. Uh, Drew Verhagen is speaking highly of him. Like he's working with these guys who are kind of on the periphery, and I'm sure he's working with everybody, but being able to get every little ounce of, of talent out of these guys and making sure that their pitches are working together. I think that's something that like the Cardinals, you, you don't really hear the Cardinals talking about, Really, until Ali Marmol started bringing it up last year, the idea of pitch tunneling, of how pitches work with other pitches—if you throw your fast, your four seam fastball through a certain arm tunnel, you want to throw a curveball through that same arm, tun- arm tunnel. So the hitter thinks it's the same pitch, and then of course the curveball dips down rather than ri- or, you know "quote unquote" rising as the four seamer does. So I'm kind of blabbering on. um, but I think it's really exciting to have somebody yeah. like that in the organization. He seems to be taking the kind of Jeff Albert soup to nuts. This is how the organization is looking at this, this, this area of performance and completely revamping it. Um, so I'm really, really, really excited about that. And I'm hoping, you know, I don't know, Katie Wu can trap him and, and make him talk more about this kind of thing. But I, I find it really, really fascinating.
0: Do you think that he gives as good uh, shoulder rubs to his pitchers as it, when he goes out to uh, talk to them as Mike Maddox did? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I do. You know, you, you're uh,
1: you don't want to. I don't know how to. It, it's his thing, you know. You can't. You can't yeah. chop his thought. You got. to You got to leave that alone. The claws. The claw. Um, yeah. And he's taking his talents to Texas. Uh, <laughs> so no, but I do. Like it. It seems like Ali Marmol's thought process—not that it was being pushed back against, but is
0: being—I uh I don't know, like what now embraced a little bit. Yeah, because ex- Mike exactly. Max is definitely you know old school. Like that was part of his appeal, right? Yes, is this like gritty guy? He's been around for a long, lot, long time. Following in the footsteps of Dave Duncan and and the sort of pitching coach that the Cardinals have always had, you know, that they're going to get they can stand toe to toe with Chris Carpenter, you know, Um, and uh, yeah, I think and just hearing you don't near you don't hear a lot of major leagues athletes say like this one guy changed my perspective on the game on once they've already reached
1: on baseball. He Dakota Hudson is saying he's looking at the game differently than he did before. And, yeah. like, not to take away from uh, Maddox, but, you know, Maddox has a proven track record. He, you know, immediately improved Montgomery coming over. But, you know, he was like, why don't you throw that fastball hard and inside? And Dusty Blake is like, okay, why don't we manipulate the rotation on this baseball so it plays off your changeup better? Um, right. And I think, you know, we're we're definitely pro information. And, and like, I want to get in the yeah. weeds with all this stuff. Yeah.
0: It's it's way more modern. People have been saying, like, hey, throw it high and tight, you know, yeah. from the beginning of there being pitching. Right. Yeah. So H- have you considered yeah. letting it rip, sir? Ooh, the high stinky cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the Lindberger? Ooh. Uh, um Rowan Gardner. There All you right. go. Uh yeah, so we'll see. Um, but I think we've said it a lot on this show, like the Cardinals have not been great at developing starting pitching for quite a while now and not at the major league level. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is the start of something that can can change that.
1: Yeah. Go, um, uh, go, go sign Alex Reyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, he's still out there. Bring him back. Um, Bring him back. They might probably not though. They should. It's interesting that no one has signed him yet. I know. Save for Waka. Waka's out there. Waka. Waka. <laughs> Some
1: Cardinals, ex-cardinals yeah. just sitting out there.
0: Yeah. Anyways. All right. Speaking of um uh, movement around the league, let's run through some of the some of the action that's happened uh across the league over the last week.
1: Yeah, let's uh the Red Sox, uh really the it's it's kind of Royals. Royals are just kind of ripping up the carpet right now. Um, you know, the new owner, new GM, uh they're they're I think they are about to become the Midwest Rays um if everything goes to plan i think that they're they have a really smart group over there and they're they're ripping down the studs right now so uh to that point the red Sox are acquiring acquiring infielder alberto mondesi uh for a player to be named later fr- uh, from the royals um and so the red uh, Sox was,
0: and josh taylor right an injured left-handed reliever i think uh, that was a part of the deal
1: yeah when i wrote this down it was uh player to be okay. named later um but yeah that that sounds right uh, cause you said it, but this that's right. answers, you know, we we're kind of talking about like, what the hell are the Red Sox going to do with the shortstop position? Well, Alberto Mondesi is a shortstop, um, and he's really fast and that's, that's Alberto Mondesi. Um, again, the Red yeah, Sox I really hope are fine.
0: Adalberto Alberto Mondesi, besides being a really fun name to say, um, is one of the, is a really, really compelling player that these guys pop up every few years and it never seems to click. He's one of those guys that everyone's like, if he can just get on base consistently, he's going to steal a hundred bases. Yeah. Right. He's so fast. Um, But he just doesn't do everything else that's needed to support that, including stay healthy, which is the biggest problem he's had. But he is only 27 years old. So uh, this could be a huge buy low for the Red Sox. Or it could be the continuation of, you know, Alberto's career where he struggles to stay healthy and ultimately doesn't really provide much. But, um, you know, 2020 and 2019, well, he stole almost 100 bases um, between 2018 and 2020. So, like, there's a version of him that's playing pretty good defense and stealing 60 bases, and it's a ton of fun. But um, I think, really, the Red Sox should have traded for Paul DeYoung um, yeah. And I mean, again, it's, Chris Hale for Paul, DeYoung young felt fair, but maybe that's just me.
1: Yeah. I, I think he's a fine defender and he, he's obviously got the speed, but his he just can't hit like yeah, everything about his batter bro at batter ball profile is just trash.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a 37% strikeout rate last year is, is pretty good. <laughs> He was injured. Was essentially, all year. yeah, it was That's only fifty, good. only fifty uh, plate appearances. Um, but um, but yeah. boy, Howdy is he fast? Abysmal walk rate.
1: That's what uh, I'm saying.
0: Like he just yeah. Well, it's like Billy Hamilton, right? It's like these guys who you know like speed is their primary thing, and they just if they could do like one other thing to right. get on base, they'd be, you know the most successful person in the league, but sure. they just, all they are is fast. All they are is fast.
1: Uh, in other Royals news, the twins acquire Michael a Taylor uh, for a couple of minor league relievers, whose names I didn't care enough to write down. Um, but the r- twins now have a Byron Buxton backup plan. That's some good Byron Buxton backup boy. Byron Buxton uh, backup plan.
0: Yeah, I mean Taylor's another one of those players that's fun. Like at times it looked like he was going to have a 2020 season and then other times it looks like he's not going to be in the league for very long. Um but improvement uh, for him to go to the Twins. Yeah. We'll see where see how it goes.
1: Yeah, he might be the best or one of the best center fielders in the league and and that's that's nothing to you know, sneeze at. Um other Royals news. Um, This is a disappointing Royals move, but I think a shrewd one. Uh, They sign a Chapman to a one-year $3.75 million deal. Uh, To me, this reeks of, hopefully he still has some of Chapman in him. Uh, We'll trade him for prospects midway through the season um, and keep doing the rebuild thing. Um, Araldus Chapman, kind of a crummy human being, so it's too bad that he has a job. Uh, But again, probably, I I think expect this kind of play from the Royals. Like I said, I think that they are are going to be very shrewd and very calculated for the next handful of years. And as they kind of rise back to, uh, uh, being competitive,
0: but that, that happened. Yeah. Um, I guess I just agree with everything you said. Sure. It makes sense, Wish it didn't happen, but it makes sense
1: somehow. in even worse baseball news, Artie Moreno is no longer pursuing the sale <laughs> of the angels, uh, which is massively disappointing to people named Otani trout, uh, and a lot of people in Southern California. Um, there was just recently a story about how uh, Moreno <laughs> essentially forced their Spanish-language broadcaster to broadca- do his full broadcast on his own. They cut his pay, made him an co- independent contractor, and, and base- like everything Moreno does is bad for baseball and bad for the Angels. Um, but basically, he said that he got cold feet uh when the sale was coming to fruition it had nothing to do people were offering big big money um he just he just couldn't let it go um yeah honestly i think
0: this is like this is just bad for the game yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it's bad because you know we don't really like them as owners and then it also like I don't know. You just like, what a, what a time, I guess it's pretty emblematic of like them as decision makers of owners of this team, you know, like how do you decide to sell, get all the way to the point where you're in the negotiations and offer stage and then decide like, Meh, never mind. Like yeah. there's so much work and effort and time that goes into trying to acquire a baseball team and, and just putting it up for sale. Like, I don't know that it's a like a multi-billion it's, dollar deal. Yeah, it's an insane thing to just like I woke up one day and decided I couldn't bear to not own this baseball team anymore. It's like you had to have had that feeling this yeah. whole time, you know, and who you know, who knows where the initial decision came from, what pressures he was feeling from other yeah. directions, you know, who knows? But um yeah, it would have been way cooler if uh he was not owning a baseball team anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and you know,
1: like I don't like a lot of the owners, a lot of them are or whatever. I think he is one of the few owners that I could say this. He is the reason the angels are not good. Yeah. Like, he's the reason they've been irrelevant for since 2002, uh, I think, was when they won with, like, David Eckstein and Adam Kennedy. Right. And, uh, some Garrett <laughs> those, Atkins, those, maybe? Was Garrett those Hill? mashers. Whoever... Yeah, they had a winning team back then, but they won. Um, All right, moving on. UMP's retiring. This is something we haven't really talked about yet, but we're having the largest UMP retirement party in like 20 or 30 years. Um, Get them out of there. Get them out of there. Uh, So I'm just going to really quickly go through. Uh, This is going to bring a huge rookie class, which... Uh, if this is not something you really pay attention to, that's fine. But it is is—it is almost a rule that younger umps do better behind the plate than older umps. Um, I think for obvious reasons, right? Like being an umpire, especially behind the plate, is really hard to do, um, especially with the increased velocity and, you know, like trying right. in, insane sliders and all the stuff that is happening now. But uh, I'm just going to go quickly through the names. Uh, Ted Barrett, Marty Foster, Greg Gibson, Tom Hallion, Sam Holbrook, Jerry Meals, Paul Newart, Jim Reynolds, Tim Timmons and Bill Welkie all retiring from baseball. All of those guys have at least 22 years in the big leagues. Um, and I think that, so that's, uh, it was 10 of those guys. Did I miss anyone? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, and that's going to open up jobs. I think they said they're going to bring up 12, uh, young, um, so there's going to be a little bit more rotation and everything like that. But, uh, some new names that we'll get to learn to hate this year. Um, I am, uh, I'm very happy about this move. I will say I'm very happy about some of the changes that baseball is doing, even though we like to criticize Manfred a lot. The testing of the automatic strike zone um, and the challenge system are something that I think we'll probably be talking about all season. I am very hopeful that these umpires do a good job and the challenge system is
0: going to be the thing that wins out. Um, But we shall see. Yeah. We haven't talked about that yet. It was announced, but like a week and a half ago or so, yeah. um, that AAA is going to have a like an AB test yeah. for um, robot umps behind the plate, and it does make me wonder if some of these guys who are retiring, obviously they've just been in the league for a while, and some of them are old, but like, is this big abundance of it uh, just a bunch of these dudes being like? we're just getting out before this huge sea change of robot umps starts yep. to happen. And we're just, we'll just back out now because we don't want to have to like learn a whole new thing. We've been doing <laughs> it for 20 plus years and right. You know. So I, I have to imagine that has been impactful on at least a few people's decisions. I, I can't
1: imagine it's a non-factor. That's
0: for sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think maybe we save that for a, a later discussion around like, really the differences between the the new um, robot systems that are coming yeah um but overall i am very excited about them i you and i have kind of different opinions on this i want a fully mechanized admiring yeah, you, you team. want to kill
1: the catching position and i would like to save it
0: yeah that's 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 what i want i want there to be but I but i also want there to be um like a double home run bucket out in the outfield too that yeah. if you hit it right into that bucket it's worth two so you know we've got different opinions different things that you know we <laughs> want to see the game adopt so yeah let's not uh multi-ball i'm into yeah um
1: so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss but I but think yeah we should i mean just it, adopt full blur ball rules I, I think you know why why half change just go full step and right yeah
0: it looks fun <laughs> um so, so we'll cover some of that a little bit later but um yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see so many different umpires all retire at the same time. Um, and I can't wait to just ooh get mad at these new guys. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm... Man, my <laughs> tweets are going to be fire oh, this year. you guys. Come on, Blue. There you go. There's a sale down at Lens Crafters. Yeah, light them up, yeah. Nate. <laughs> yeah he said it yeah wear him out bro all right <laughs> well uh so that's everything we've got um for the the news portion of this show Yeah, i, well, I should be an umpire now I that think i know so. yeah
1: yeah you, you have the best eyesight of anyone i know and i think that <laughs> that is what umpires require so you're
0: you're set for yeah. success they'd be like i would be like uh what now (laughs) oh he threw he pitched i didn't see it you would hear it i think it's 103 yeah maybe yeah um 103 i literally don't think i would see it in real (laughs) life i don't think you would either yeah so all right uh so we're gonna end as we always do um got a little little game here for you ben so uh this episode We've talked about it a little bit. Um we've got the Oscar nominations out right now. Uh Hollywood's the you know the tip of everyone's tongue. We talk a lot of <laughs> We talk so a lot about stupid. movies. <laughs> God. We talk a lot about movies on this show. <laughs> um and I found a list. I know you love lists. <laughs> uh on MLB.com. Wow. is the top 25 baseball movies of all time. Okay. Written by Will Leach, who is a respected writer. Sure. So um, want to see how many of the top 10 you can name the best baseball movies of all time, according to MLB.com, and a very special movie edition of Who Charted. Who Charted? Ooh, buh-buh. All right. So, um, top 10 films. I got a list in front of me. Three outs and the game's over. Uh,
1: What do you got? Uh, This, I'm trying to think of which one is going to be number one. I think, I mean, there's one right answer. We'll see if Will Leach agrees. Bull Durham, number one with a bullet. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Yep. Was that the top? Um, That is the top. Number one. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I know. I I have a a poor baseball movie history. I've not seen the majority of this Mm -hmm. list. Yeah, Uh, Uh, you suck shit, Nate. (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) No, you do.
1: Uh, Got me. Um, I do not suck shit. (laughs) Next one, (laughs) Field of Dreams. Field
0: of Dreams. Yeah. Number four okay
1: all right uh i'm gonna go with
0: 61 is that number two what let me see if he has it on the overall list 61 number 23 oh my god
1: swinging a miss will leach i aggressively disagree with you it's a billy crystal classic
0: it's a Billy Crystal classic. It's a Billy Crystal classic.
1: Um, Barry Pepper uh, playing Roger Merritt. How do you... What are you doing? Yep.
0: Um, Terrible take by Will Leach. Here, well, here. You'll love this. Billy Crystal's ode to the home run chase between Mickey Mantle and Roger Ma- Maris is basically baby boomer catnip. <laughs> that was, his, that was wow. his little blurb. What a nuanced take. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Dumbass. Um, right, you got one out. Okay.
1: Uh 42. We'll go with another numbered movie. Story of Jackie Robinson. Yeah! This okay. I am now calling this list horseshit. <laughs> Hold on. I don't even care 42. if I lose now.
0: Number 19. The story of Jackie Robinson's and Branch Rickey's battles to integrate baseball benefit greatly from its stars. Harrison Ford and the late Chadwick Bozeman. Yeah, it's got Chadwick in it
1: hmm Playing Jackie Robinson. <laughs> what do hey, we you don't mean have here? To
0: get, you don't have to convince me. Okay. I love Chadwick. Uh okay,
1: let's see. What is he doing? Yeah, one here? more out. Yeah, and I'm honestly I, I kind of want to just get it over with because this this list is <laughs> like true garbage. Um Wow.
0: Pride of the Yankees. All right. There you go, Benny wow. Boy. Gorilla gets back on the board. Yeah. Number three, Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, um, the Natural. Okay, now now we got a hit streak going. Now here. I'm
1: okay. Now I'm getting what he's natural lagging. is number seven. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's do. Ooh.
0: The Sandlot. Nice. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Watched it recently. Number eight, The Sandlot. So you've had a little run here. You've got number one, number three, number four, number seven, and number eight.
1: If this next one that I'm about to guess isn't on it, I am, I'm happy to lose. Eight Men Out, Story of the Black Sox. One of my favorite baseball movies.
0: Yep. Okay. There you go. That is, that is number five. Number five. Do I, I haven't got number two yet. Is that true? Um, that is true. You've not gotten number two. You have still to go number two, number six, nine, and ten. Okay. I think... At, yeah. Go on. i going to go... I think that he
1: probably put this movie as number two. In a League of Their Own.
0: Yes. You got it. With a button. Number All two.
1: Right. Um... Okay, now my my brain cache is starting to deplete a little bit. Um, I can't imagine this is top ten, especially with his pretentious ass list. But I'm going to say
0: Major League. That is number ten. Hey, okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say this is a spoiler to some degree, but I have seen two of the remaining three um which is saying a lot cuz i've not seen most of these um and you just got one of them i have seen okay. it okay i think based on your slight spoiler um
1: and the fact that this is a great movie i'm going to say moneyball you
0: got it yep he has moneyball as number 6
1: okay um
0: great movie i really great movie
1: yeah uh yeah, we got not.
0: one left.
1: Yeah, struggling now. There, I mean, there's so many. I'm trying to think of the name of that Lou Gehrig movie, um, or maybe that's Pride of the Yankees. Maybe I'm getting things confused. Um, I'm going to say
0: Angels in the Outfield. <laughs>
1: uh, we the well.
0: Yeah, let me see. Is Angels in the Outfield on the list? I I can't. Um, I mean, it's a kid movie. It I guess is, and lots it's of kid movies too. It's number twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that one since childhood, but I I I like I really enjoyed that movie too. I there are so if rookie, many baseball movies. Yeah, I wonder if Rookie of the Year is on here. Rookie, yep, the rookie, year is... the, rookie of the year. Rookie the year number twenty. Oh, I was going to say that is like clearly worse than Angels in the Outfield. Oh, you think so? I always thought of Rookie of the Year is better. The whole mechanic um, doesn't even make sense. But the uh, literal Christopher Lloyd as an angel. (laughs) I mean, at least
1: we're being, like, otherworldly. Like, everything else in that movie takes place in the real world, except for this kid's arm heels in a way that makes no sense.
0: Nah. I didn't know you were a doctor. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
1: Oh, you know what? Rookie of the Year, you do get John Candy in the booth. So, yeah, no, I, I... I retract my statement, I forgot about John Gary Kennedy. Busey, yeah,
0: um, you get
1: uh Gary Busey should not have been allowed to act with a child.
0: it was a different Gary busey it was <laughs> it was the before Gary Busey, okay, um, and you get um shoot what's his name, um Marv from home alone, yeah, being a total the, the equipment manager, yeah, yeah, he gets caught in between the two doors yeah. in the hotel room, <laughs> which was like. A big fear of my childhood <laughs> from that movie alone. <laughs> so, all right, uh, the the one you missed, I had never heard of. Yep. So, I. There's the only one I'd never even heard of. It's called Everybody Wants Some.
1: Oh, damn it! Yeah, yeah, that's that. Okay. Uh, it's like the unofficial sequel to Days and Confused. Uh, that's a. It's a very good baseball movie. It's a very good movie, um, but not something that I th- like doesn't occupy a lot of space in my brain, but that is a good movie. If you have not seen it, highly recommend it. It's, it's like dazed and confused meets baseball. And I think if that doesn't sell you, then like, don't watch it, but it's, it's a good movie.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, cool. I, I like Richard Linkletter. Um, So uh, yeah. So the full list, I'm going to run down the whole list here for you. Uh, Bull Durham, a league of their own, the pride of the Yankees, field of dreams, eight men out Moneyball, the natural, The Sandlot everybody wants some major league the bad news bears. So now we're getting out into the out of the top 10 Uh, bang the drum slowly. The bingo long traveling all stars and motor Kings. Have You ever heard of that? Nope. Nope. All right. The rookie take me out to the ball game. Damn Yankees sugar fear strikes out 42. Rookie of the year, Mr. 3000. Uh, Some people call me Mr. 3000. Angels in the outfield, 61, Cobb, and for the love of the game. Yeah. That was Will Each's list.
1: Well, it makes me, I think I need to rewatch 61 to to reestablish my feelings on that. And I will just say, if you were listening to this and you have not watched eight men out, it is one of my favorite all time baseball movies. Um, and it is specifically around the Black Sox scandal. It's a, it's a fun narrative. It is very good. Um, go check it out. Um, and I know Nate, yep. you still have not seen
0: Bull Durham. Go watch Bull Durham. What are you doing? I know we should do it for the show or something like. um. I don't know if that would be interesting. To it's got to be content with you. Doesn't it? If you're not doing it for content, <laughs> what are you doing it for?
1: Sure. Yeah. All right. Maybe the Alamo well, will, uh will do a, uh, uh, like a, when, a, you know, when they bring an old movie out, maybe they'll do a showing of that around the, uh, the baseball season beginning.
0: Yeah. They're doing all the Lord of the Rings extended oh, cuts right now. That's awesome. And I know I'm like, I don't, it's not gonna work for us right now but like
1: ooh, that sounds yeah. fun we just started re-watching the uh, beatles get back documentary i can i can i want all the peter jackson in my life all the time yeah yeah
0: i love the uh, lord of the rings i saw all of them in the theater like three times yeah and yeah but i've not seen them really since then i've been kind of craving oh, watching man. them again yeah i watch yeah. those like every few years there yeah yeah they hold up they're great oh man i was about to do a Samwise uh impression and i just backed out last second all mm-hmm. right everybody thank you for listening to the show we'll be back next week uh pictures and catchers report in just a few weeks <laughs> we're almost there um so thank you all for listening patreon.com talking about birds get in there support the show join the bird scored we're having a great time we'll be back next thursday until then I don't know, they like to do something. Trying to get a, just like one more thing. That's all we're asking for. po ta toes. <laughs> I want to hear the one about about Koko. <laughs> um, oh, up uh, bye.
1: bye.